Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. Join us this Sunday at one of our four campuses. Call times are at 9 and 11 a.m. at our Somerville and Remount campuses, 10 a.m. at our North Charleston campus, and 11 a.m. at our Monk's Corner campus. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit faithishere.org. Uh, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. All the, all the fathers stand up. Let's, look, let's give these guys a big hand, man. They are awesome. And this is our day, men. We get one day a year, milk it for all it's worth. Have your wife bring the sweet tea today. Have your kids wait on you. Do whatever you need to do. But listen, this is our day today. And uh, you even got to wear that ugly tie they may have bought you. So, uh, Great to have all of you with us this morning. God bless you. We are so blessed to have with us Bishop Larry Jackson. He is the pastor of Bethel, I want to get this right, Bethel Outreach International Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, does a wonderful job there. Speaks at Promise Keepers Conference all across the country, Iron Sharpens Iron, other men events, one of their keynote speakers every year, and uh, just, just really speaks into the heart of men. And I couldn't think of anybody better to bring forth today on Father's Day than Bishop Jackson. He himself has five daughters. So, man, you really need to pray for Bishop Jackson. Five girls and his wife in the house, and that's uh, insane. And then I found out this morning it's his 29th wedding anniversary. So give it up for Bishop Jackson. Come on up. God bless you, brother. And so good to have you with us. Hallelujah. Good morning. Hallelujah. I um, said to the early service this morning about the fact that my wife isn't with me on my 29th wedding anniversary and, um, you know, Father's Day following on your anniversary, I got trumped. (laughs) I don't even get the day. So I lost that. And the other thing is I told him, you you know, I have a great marriage for my wife not to be here on our anniversary that she can trust me to come back and take care of her. Amen? Yeah, we, we were in two different places. We had two different things to de- deal with today. So brought one of my daughters, my, my twins out there. She is working at the table. So got a lot to share with you guys. First of all, let me first um, talk to you about some of these products that we have. Um, um, every time I come here, I, bring <laughs> I don't bring enough of those numbers books. So there are no more of those out there, and people want them all the time, and I need to learn better. But um, what God has put me on, as Pastor said, I've been talking to men for 20 years, and um, I wrote it in this book, True Value of a Woman book. I wrote it in this book that I feel and felt much like Jed Clampett, who was shooting at some food, and up came bubbling crude. (laughs) Oil, that is, black gold. Texas tea. <laughs> and um, I've been shooting at men for 20 years, and all of a sudden God turned my aim towards women um, to talk to women about their valued place. And um, again, having five daughters and a wife and a neutered dog, <laughs> he doesn't even lift his leg up to go outside. He does. He just squat, you know. <laughs> and so 
I wrote this book, and the premise of this book is what I told the, um, the, the ladies this morning. The premise of the book, and the reason why you need this book is because um, women were not created from dirt. And you've got to understand that women were not created from dirt. God could have come down and created you from dirt the same way he did a man. But he chose to create you from, a, from better material, so he placed a greater value on you. Amen. Now, not only did you not come from dirt, therefore you should never be treated like dirt. Amen. And in turn, you should never act like dirt. The whole generation have women acting like dirt and they're not from dirt. So they're misrepresenting who they really are. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Yeah, that's a good book right there. <laughs> so I gave this book away this morning. I don't know who might want this book. I don't know. Who wants this book? Who wants this book? You're welcome. Um, this First Comes Love book, um, we've been doing women's conferences all over the place, and as we've been doing the women's conferences, the women have said to us, um, who's going to teach the men what you're teaching us? And so we did that. We went back and said, okay, we're going to teach the men. But I, I realized the first thing that I started doing in, um, a long time ago was having marriage seminars for single people only because the time to learn about marriage is most people don't know that, do they? Those of us that have gotten married, we know you should have learned it early. Everybody think they can learn this on the job. This don't work that way. Mess this thing up. So I wrote this book called First Comes Love, The, the Unmarried Guide to Finding Love. Anybody know the nursery rhyme? First comes love, then come, then come, baby in the baby carriage. That's right. So I wrote this book, First Comes Love. This is for men and women. This book will teach you how to find the proper mate and how to, how to do it right. Amen? There is a book and a manual. We only brought the book. Who wants this one? This book is called The Power is in the Closet. What I found out, what I found was men, men and women were leaving the place of the secret closet and coming out and playing and telling them that everybody that they're intercessors and that's okay to a point, but this is a covered position. Jesus said the things that we do in secret, he shall reward us openly. So the power is in the closet. It's a book on prayer. And I wrote this book. I did this message at Promise Keepers once. And so I wrote this book. Every other book I've written is different than this book. This book right here has big, bold print and a lot of space in between it. And I wrote this book for who? There you go. Somebody know it. Wrote it for men because men will read a book like that. Amen. They feel like they accomplished something, you know. You know, it's one chap, you know, two pages, you finish a chapter. Yes. Somebody says, so why are you leave it? I leave it like that for the brethren. So who wants this book? Okay. All right. You notice I'm not, I'm not giving it to you just because you raised your hand. You have to come get it. Amen. If it's yours. Now, um, 
somebody want to bless their father today. But these are this this message here. This is a three disc set of promise keepers messages that I picked out of all of the messages over 20 years that I wanted people to hear. And these messages um, talk directly to the heart of a man. And we're going to be talking to the heart of men today. And this is this, this is mm, yeah. But but let me, I said to them this morning. This message is called True Leadership. I did a message for Promise Keepers in Knoxville. This is a DVD. These are CDs. But I did this message, and every year, Pastor, I have a thing called Holy Week. I took it from the military. They, they call it Hell Week, remember? And I have a thing called Holy Week where my men come and shut in with me all week. And there are men that come. They stay at the church. They go to work from the church and all of that kind of Guys come and travel in and stay with me, and we shut into the church for a week, for a whole week. And every year I put this message on, right? And every year I told him this morning, I have to repent every year. Cause this message get me and the men, we be, we, we, we all are moved by this DVD. So somebody want to bless their father. Who want to bless their father? I'm not going to move. Get one to them. Share. The DVD is the man on the mountain. See? The man on the mountain is a DVD. You got it? Now, I told him this morning, the reason why I won't just give it to you because you raise your hand, because everybody raised their hand, but don't nobody move. And until you learn to move, you're missing a lot of stuff. Take action. Amen? This is great. I want it. And hold on. How many of you know people want to do that all over the world? I want to be blessed. Well, what are you doing? And in many cases, nothing. Hello? But you're still raising your hand. Amen? So let's learn to move. Amen? Go with me to Joshua, please. Joshua 24. Now, I, I'm going to... I was saying, saying to the pastor, I hope I can finish this this time because I didn't finish it this morning because I, I got hit really hard there this morning. So I may have to move some things around so I can get through. Joshua 24, many of us are familiar with this passage of scripture. Um, verse 14 and 15, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the God which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if ye seem, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that are on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, I'm asking now for the blessings of heaven to come on this body of Christ. I thank you so much for each and every person. I thank you for this awesome, awesome church. Lord, that that you're doing here, the spirit of God that's in this place. And Lord, I pray for every member Lord, as I see them, they are so blessed. I'm, I told Pastor Father how blessed they are. I love this house. Now let your blanket and your, 
and, and your presence come on us like never before. Help us to understand in a way that we have not understood and go to a new level in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In Joshua, in Joshua 24 and 14, it says, here in this first part, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him with sincerity and truth. And what I wanted to do, and what I did this morning also as well, is to pull out that word serve. The word serve there in the Hebrew is the word abad. Um, it is actually spelled A-B-A-D. It is abad. That word right there means to serve. But before I go into it any deeper, I want you to go to Genesis with me. I want you to go to Genesis. I want you to leave your finger there and go to Genesis. I hope to get back to your finger. Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 15. This is Adam who has been placed in the garden. God has created man. He's in the garden, and God has placed him there, and he tells him to do two things. It's interesting. He says, and the Lord took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to do two things, to dress it and to keep it. Told him to do two things, dress it and to keep it. The word dress in that passage is the same word that Joshua used for serve, which is the word abad. So now one, tra- one place is translated serve. The other place is translated dress. Now, in many of our versions of the Bible, we've got the word for dress. We've got the word till. We have the word cultivate. We've got the word work. Anybody got those in your Bibles as you're reading along, right? You see it all in your Bible. So I, I told him this morning, all oh, that's wrong. So you can, you can cross that out. <laughs> you can cross all that out. But the reason why I say it's wrong is I want you to reason with me for a moment. God had created everything before Adam was created. Is that right? Hello, is that right? Okay, you know what? See, I forgot again. I forgot. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting where I am. Because this morning, and you're doing the same thing. All of y'all in here doing this. It's like, that's amen, right? Okay, thank you, Jesus. Talk to a brother, man. Look like them, you know them little little animals in in the back of the car? Well, listen, listen, but see, Adam is created. God created everything. Now that plant life is here, all the animals are here. And the Bible tells us something. It says that they were, watch, each thing was producing after its kind. That means it didn't need anybody to plant, cultivate, till, fix nothing. Everything was operating the way it was supposed to operate. Without the help of man. I know that's hard for us to get in our minds sometimes. But God doesn't need us. <laughs> He's God all by himself. And if he wants a tree to function on his own, it doesn't need anybody to help it. Amen? And so if there is, if there is, if there is everything producing after his kind, he wasn't tilling anything, he wasn't planting anything because everything was here. And the only thing we know about this is this, that there was nothing dying. Right? There's nothing dying. Why isn't anything dying? There is no sin on the earth. Why? The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is So at the moment sin came on the earth, death came. By the way, many times we get things a little confused about this because every, every place that we see death is a result of the sin of Adam. 
Hello. A tornado comes through, terrible place, kill folk. We say it's an act of God. No, it's an act of Adam. No, hello, somebody. Adam did that. That wasn't God. God never intended for a person to die on the earth. That would have never been a hurricane. That would have never been a tornado. That would have never been anything that would cause death because there was no death. We got to talk to that boy, don't we? So if there is no death, there is no raking, no leaves are falling, no grass need to be cut. See, you got a lot to talk to Adam about. <laughs> is that making any sense? Okay, so if there is nothing he's tilling, nothing he's planting, by the way, the Bible says that work is now part of the curse. Didn't God say that to Adam? You now shall work by the sweat of your brow. And then you tell him that? So now how could he be working if work is a part of the curse? I got one while back there, one come on up here. Can I get an amen in the house? Y'all tracking with me? Okay, so then he couldn't have been doing that. But watch this, the word abad in the Hebrew means to work. It does. It actually does. It means to serve, as it's translated with Joshua. Oh, it does mean that. But you have to look at the extended definition of the word. The extended definition of the word means to worship. It means Levitical priestly type of worship. So Adam's job on the earth was to do what? What no other creature could do. Adam's job was to worship God and give God his worth. Wow. He's called to worship God. You know what we find out about this thing? Is that God loves it so much that we didn't know this until the fall that God comes down in the cool of the day to enjoy the worship that's coming from man. Wow. Now let me ask you this for a second. Now watch this before I ask you the question. Notice who's doing this. This is before there's a wife there's this before there are any children. Who's doing this? Adam. What is Adam? I can hear you. He's a man. So Adam is a man who is in intimate relationship with God. That before he's ever a husband, before he has the responsibility of being a father, he has the responsibility of having an intimate relationship with God. And what has happened is, what has happened is, many, watch this, have been duped by hell and men have moved away from their place of worship to celebrating a team on a football field. Because we will celebrate those roosters. Or those tigers. And we will fight with people about them roosters. 
and those tigers and half of the Palmetto State is divided right down the center. If you are a rooster or you are a tiger. <laughs> and we'll go set up outside. Y'all ain't going to help me. Take our good food out of our refrigerator and feed strangers with it. Folk that you don't know ain't paid nothing for the food. Just come up and get a hot dog. Can I get a dog? Can I get a dog? As long as they got on the right shirt. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? So hell duped us. Hell has moved our worship from where it should be to things and places where it shouldn't. And Adam's job, before he was anything, was a worshiper of almighty God. Now, what, what, what did you hear? I told you, I've been talking to men for 20 years. I've been, I've been standing on stages of thousands of men. I, 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 I would go, I go to the side of the stage many times and uh, because a, a lot of speakers wouldn't do this, but I, I go to side of stage and just look out at the audience and just check them out and just look at those men and see, are they, in, are they engaged in this? Did they just come to a meeting or are they after the heart of God? Hello? When, when I travel across the country, when I travel across the country and be in churches, you know, again, I told them I don't have to do that here, but I find people and men, I'm talking to men right now, I find men who are standing there because we can put the words up like we do and just looking at the screen. Like, I okay. I'm here, but I'm a man, so I don't have to engage in that. Hello, somebody. Am I talking to anybody? Come on, I've seen men just stand there with their hands in their pocket like, okay. Can y'all hurry up and finish? But you are designed to worship. Joshua said, for me in my house, y'all ain't going to help me. And see, the thing that's amazing, because Joshua didn't just say, for my house. See, many people would say that way. He said, no, 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 no. Let me, let me separate this thing first. Let me let you know first. For me, it starts with me. Not my house. My house is going to come along because of me. It's, it's because of me. Then my house. Hello, somebody. Not my house. Not, no, no, not just my house. You got to be able to find this in me first. Then you'll be sure to find it in my house. So as for me and my house, we're going to worship God. We don't know who you're going to worship, but we're going to worship God. Man, I'm trying to tell you. So, 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 so what we find, we find, we find that this, that, that Genesis 2 and 18, that God says it is not good. <laughs> Man, that's, up to that point, everything was good, wasn't it? Hello. I said, everything was good, wasn't it? God saw it and God said it is good, didn't he? Then all of a sudden God said, it is not good that man should what? Be alone. Be alone. 
I will make him a help me for him. Now, listen to me close. You got to understand, the woman is created for what? She's not created for man. See, you think you were created for man. That's not your first estate. You were created for God to help man worship. Did you hear that? He benefits from you being created, hello, to help him worship. But listen to me, good, 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 goodness gracious. I'm way ahead of myself. Man. I'm so far out there. Man of God, see, this is, this is what you got to get. She has to follow you in worship. She should not be your pace setter. Why? I was created first. So she can't, she can't pace set for me. I've got, to, I've got to be the one that's leading this thing. We were talking back in the office. What would it look like? Just tell me. What would it look like if we were intense in worship as men before husbands, with the responsibility of being a husband and taking care of, before the father? What if we were just intense in our worship to God as men in this house? What would happen? What would, what would the church look like? What would Somerville look like? Hello, somebody. With the worship coming forth right. Hello, man, 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 man. Boy, I want you to get this in your spirit. You got to understand. So when I watch men in church disengage, something lacks in the house. We lose something in the house. Because we allow the women to go out in front of us and lead us in places that we're supposed to be leading in. Amen. Now, listen to me close. Bishop Wellington Boone is my pastor. Um, and years ago when we were all in Richmond, Virginia, and he was training us as men, he said something to us that was amazing. And again, I'm telling you guys stuff I couldn't get to this morning. He told he says, don't you dare let your wives beat you in your commitment to Jesus. Oh, you ain't hearing what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, man. He challenged us. We weren't there yet, but he challenged us. He got up in our faces and said, don't you dare let her beat you. Now, my wife prays early in the morning, up at night, late praying. And you know, I know this girl. She's got her word out but she can't beat me. Come on. I ain't joking with you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not hyping you. I'm not telling you something from hype. I told Pastor back in the back, I'm not talking to you right now a message. I'm talking to you about uh, out of my overflow. I'm telling you from my life. I'm not talking about from what I think you should do. I'm telling you where I am. Are you with me? I'm not, so, so there ain't no message for me. This is life. In a way, I'm going to let her beat me. No, I'm going to take care of her and financially. I'm going to protect her anyway, but I'm not letting her beat me spiritually. Oh, no, sir. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Ain't going to happen. No, no, no. Because service, Jesus said, let the greatest among you be the servant 
of you all. So I'm going to serve her, not because I can write a check. I'm going to serve her where it counts. In the unseen realm. Hello, somebody. Are you with me here? Some of a good while before a day. Every day. Going after the heart of God because I have to be the pace setter. I am. I told him, I've taken all my children. You can ask my daughter. You go out there and just ask her. You can pull her aside if you want to, whatever. <laughs> Say, is, is he really this way? I take all of my children, have taken all of them into places of worship with me because as a father, what am I training them to do? Hello, I've got to train them to know God first. Everything else comes off of that. Once you know God, everything else is easy. Oh, you ain't going to help me, man. Come on. That's why God says I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and look at, look at the progression. Come on. They, so, so, so Abraham has to teach Isaac. I have to teach Jacob. This is the progression. And then Jacob got everybody's stuff. I'm yelling at you, Anna. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A little passionate here. I'm sorry. Is this making any sense to you, though? And I, and I, I wanted to find men. See, you now know why you were created first. See, you, men were created first, not because they were better. You weren't better. Because God had already talked to them God already said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. God had already said to them, have dominion. Them, not him, not her, them. So they were one together. So they are, that was the issue. So why did he create him first? For position. He wanted to position you so you didn't have to deal with the woman, nor any children, just you and him alone. I said to them at the end of the service, or the service this morning was this. This is what I told, and I'm going to go to Luke chapter 4. Go there with me real quick. But this is what I realized. Pornography in the church of Jesus Christ right now. Listen to me close. This is an amazing statistic. Eight out of ten men in the church. And listen to this. Four out of five pastors. Listen. It's hung up in Pornography. Eight out of ten men, four out of five pastors regularly visit porn sites. <laughs> Woo. Why? I'll show you in Luke. Luke chapter four. In Luke chapter four, this is an amazing thing right here. Luke chapter four. When I saw this, this blew my mind. I'm going to show you two things that really blew my mind. But when I saw this in Luke chapter 4, the devil comes to Jesus and says to Jesus, he says to Jesus, after he tempted him with the, with the bread, you know that, right? He says to Jesus, he says, look at all these kingdoms. <laughs> See all these kingdoms? They're mine. Every kingdom... Financial kingdom, belong to me. Entertainment, mine. All of it, it's mine. All, all these kingdoms, any kingdom you want, governmental, that's mine. All these kingdoms belong to me. <laughs> he says, and 
who's, they were delivered to me. And I told him this morning, that's true, isn't it? Didn't Adam deliver, giving them away? He didn't, you know, I told him, I said, we sing that song all hard, going to the devil's camp to take back what the devil stole from me. And we be doing the moves. You know the move. That's a Pentecostal take back move, man. You got to get that thing in there, man. You be reaching to get my stuff back here. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm crazy. But listen, you, you pulling back nothing because he didn't steal anything. It was given to him. And if you're trying to take back by what he stole, you, you're wasting your time. Because he didn't steal anything, was delivered. He says this was the, he's talking to Jesus. I told him this morning, you got to realize he's talking to Jesus. He's not talking to some, some apostle. He's talking to Jesus. He says, These kingdoms were delivered to me. Jesus didn't rebuke him and say, No, they're not yours. He said, They're mine, all of them. And he says, To whomsoever I will, I give them. <laughs> Whoever I want to give that entertainment kingdom to, I give it to them. Financial kingdom, I give it to them. They belong to me. <laughs> Jesus never rebukes them. He says, so I give them to you. All I need you to do is to bow down and worship me. Here is the key, y'all. If hell wants it, it must be really important. And you're going to understand, if hell wants worship, you better be worshiping God. And listen to me close. You don't worship by default. Hell knows you can't worship by default. You got to, you got to connect to the thing you're worshiping. Come on, hello. So... At the end, let's, let's go back. Let's go back to the divide in the Palmetto State. At the end of the year, when these teams face one another, somebody's week is messed up. Not somebody's day. See, is this too real right here? Somebody's week is messed up. Am I talking? Is, is that right? You're mad all week. Because where your heart is. Your heart is connected to this wind. And you say, how did it let me down? I didn't know you were playing. You might not even have gone to the school. Interesting, isn't it? So hell says, okay, these, these kingdoms, you can have them. If, and so that's what he's doing. He's giving folk kingdoms, and they worship him, and in return. Jesus said, no, he says, what's this? Worship the Lord thy God, and only him will I serve. Wow, same word, the only him will I serve. And I told him this morning, this message is called only for God. Worship is only for God. I will not bow my knee to you and give you my worship because you don't deserve it. 
It is only for God. Now, I saw something else. I saw something else because the Lord said something to me a long while ago in some time of prayer that came to my heart and it's saying, he says, your victory is in your place of your worship. And I went, wow. And I was teaching the tabernacle. And I showed them the tabernacle, you got the brazing altar in the outer court, right? Your next piece of furniture, you have the brazing laver where the priest had to wash, right? So the brazing altar represents the cross because that's the place of the sacrifice. That's where the animals were sacrificed, right? The brazing laver is the place where the priest went to wash, all right? Is that making any sense? So the brazing altar deals with the cross. The brazing laver deals with the word, the washing of water by the word. Now, this is the problem with this, if there is a problem, because you, there's nothing wrong with that. But most of the church is still in the outer court. Most of the church is still dealing with the cross and the word and haven't moved further into the holy place. Are y'all with me here? And you can live out here in the outer court, fine, and be okay. You got service that's going on out here, but you still live by the light of the sun, the light of the moon and the stars, all the outer stuff, all the elements is out there. Hello. But when you go through the doorway of the tabernacle, you lose the light of the sun and the moon and the stars, don't you? Hello. It's dark in there. The only light in that place is this candlestick, this seven-branch candlestick that's lighting the place, and this seven-branch candlestick represents the Holy Ghost. So when you come through the doorway, listen, you're now being led by the Spirit of God. Hello. And if you, come on, this is a higher level, isn't it? Come on, talk to me. Is that a higher level? This light of the seven-branch candlestick is shining over on what? The table of showbread. The table of showbread is where your supply is, where your needs are met. It is showing you Jesus. Isn't Jesus the bread of life? Come on, talk to me. Isn't that right? So, but wait a minute. That's not in the outer court. That's in a, in a place. That's in a higher level. Come on, I'm going to come back to something. Behind the veil, if we got a veil, behind the veil is the Ark of the Covenant where the blood was placed on the mercy seat once a year for the, for the atonement of our sin. Right? Now, Jesus did that in heaven, didn't he? He went and put his own blood there, right? But guess what? There's another piece of furniture in the holy place. That's the Holy of Holies. Well, in the holy place, there's a golden altar of incense that's in front of that veil before it was rent. And this speaks of the Holy Ghost, right? This is speaking of Jesus, right? Then who was this? Who's this speaking of? Speaking of you and your worship to God. The incense of your worship to God, hello, that fills the place with that aroma that God loves to smell. Y'all not hearing me. Are are y'all getting this with me? Now watch this. If you walk this furniture out, it is in the form of a cross. The brazing altar, the brazing labor, the golden altar of incense. I mean the gold. I mean the golden. The golden censer, which is the seven branch candlestick, the table of show, golden table of showbread, the the um the uh, the, 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 uh, the golden altar of incense, and then the ark of the covenant. So you got a cross, don't you? Okay, now let's put Jesus right on that cross. Let's put Jesus on that cross. 
Jesus' feet was pierced, right? Huh, hello? That's, that's the altar. That's the brazing altar. Jesus' side was pierced, wasn't it? That's the brazing labor. Didn't water and blood come out of it? <laughs> Jesus' hands were pierced, wasn't it? Okay? Isn't that the Holy Ghost on this side and the table on this side? Jesus' head was pierced with crowns, weren't they? The only place, man of God, that was not pierced was his heart. And you know what's at the center of his heart? Worship. The only piece of furniture that was not pierced in the whole tabernacle was the golden altar of incense where you are to offer him your worship. God said it is from that place that you have your victory because that's the place you connect with him by heart. If I'm on a mission to do anything in my life these days, it's not only to speak to men and women, but to get men to come back to their place of true, unadulterated worship and to fill their homes first with this worship to God and to lead this place of worship. And notice I'm not saying prayer. I'm not saying request to God and prayer lists. Worship has to do with talking to God. I told pastor in the office, I'm almost finished, so hold on with me. We get ready to get out of here. But listen to me close. I told pastor, when God challenged me with this, he said, I want you to take you out of the picture. And I went, whoa. That means I can't say I. He didn't want to hear we. He just wanted to hear about him. And so I had to say, God, you're, you're Lord of Lords. You are greater than anything that I can imagine. You're fairer than thousands and ten thousands of thousands. Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Your glory fills the temple. Your majesty is beyond searching out. Notice, notice I wasn't in there. My whole attention was on him. Thank God for the Psalms where you can go into the Psalms and just pull phrases out that just talk about him. And just repeat back to God the phrases that talk about him. Hallelujah, somebody. Are you, are you with me here? And so as a result of that, man, my life just exploded. I took that even into our church and made them do it. And man, the presence of God came. Because your victory is in your worship. Now, I told them this morning I wanted to do one thing here. This is, I'll close out with this this time is that um, I wanted the ladies. How many of you ladies have never been to a men's meeting, a promise keepers meeting or anything like that? You have never been to one. Ladies, raise your hand line. See? Okay, good. That's right. You shouldn't have come. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> it won't design for you. No, but there's something that happened there that you should, you should, you should be exposed to. The ladies that have gone with me and worked for me at my table, because there's a lot of women there, that work for me at my table, they always talk about this. Usually I'm at the end of the conference, some kind of way they put me there. And at the end of the conference, there's a worship set that is amazing. And if you've never heard 20,000 men saying how great thou art, <laughs> oh, it is nothing like hearing 20,000 men saying how great thou art. And I said, oh, God. 
this place. And I told him this morning, after men worship God that way, you could get up and read the phone book and people will get saved. You just... So what I want you to do this morning, men, I want you to stand on your feet for a moment. See, this challenge, see, if I came here and tell you how to be this better father and all these do's and don'ts you have, you might, you might grab that and say, oh, I'm doing all that. But God told me to come and tell you that you got to become men of worship before you become any of that other stuff. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to let the women hear what it sounds like at a Promise Keepers meeting or an Iron Chapter 9 meeting when men worship God alone. And just let them listen to us for a moment with a song that all of us know. We're going to sing it together. Amen? Y'all with me? Sing like men. All right? Amazing Come on, sing it. How sweet the sound. Every mouth open. they had never heard that sound before. 
of a man and a woman in total unity worshiping the Father. I'm going to ask the women if you would please join us, sing the same song, and fill this house with this worship. place. your voices in praise to the King of glory. Come on, lift your voices. The only thing I would ask you to do, men of God, go home. Be the pace setter. Go home. Lead your home in worship. Teach your children to be worshipers, true worshipers, in spirit and in truth. Take this atmosphere into your homes, and you can't lose. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this weekly podcast. Check out faithishere.org for podcasts and videos of our previous messages.